Episode 368, Hawkeye, Season 1, Episode 5, Ronin. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here because I like to talk about Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows, and I found the right place to do that. That's this podcast. This is what we do. And I have been joined by my friends, your friends, Stuart and Samantha. Hello. Hello. And we are here to talk about Bruno. No, we are here. <laughs> to... We don't Everyone's talk about talking Bruno, about but we Bruno. sing right, about right. him. I know, I know. Sing. And yes. we were just got done talking about how I still haven't seen the rest of that movie. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're here to talk about Hawkeye. We're here to finish talking about Hawkeye this episode and next episode. And then from there, we'll probably jump straight into Moon Knight. I don't know. We'll see what kind of timing it has for us. But yeah, things are just flying at us fast and furious. No, that's a different franchise. <laughs> That's about cars, Ben. Still superheroes, but cars instead of, uh, you know, hammers and capes and arrows. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so to talk about Hawkeye, we're going to be uh, talking about the fifth episode, and that is the penultimate episode, the next to last episode. This is the one where a lot of uh, character stuff is happening before we get to our climax. This is the beginning of Act 3, and I just want to throw out there that I am reminded actually a little bit, just a little bit, of Garfield without Garfield. And here's why. Both in Black Widow the movie and in Hawkeye, this series... We have this, there's just this missing presence in both of them. In in Black Widow, which was a prequel story, uh, Hawkeye is missing, but he's an important presence there. And he's, ve he's very important to the story of the movie and the character arc. And the same thing happens here, even more so, where you're missing Black Widow. And even though there's references to her and you see her in flashbacks and stuff like that, I just feel like this missing presence looms large. Now in Garfield without Garfield, it just makes John Arbuckle look like he's an insane man talking to thin air. <laughs> but in this, it just, it, it's, it's about tone and it's about theme and it's about these character arcs of, and, and it's loss and it's it's anger about loss and and in this particular episode you have a handful of people dealing with with that loss and so i just wanted to i just made that note it just made me think of that the theme i picked out from this entire series was what is a hero and actually that may just be the whole theme of the entire mcu what is a hero 
What does that mean to be a hero? I mean, you had that way back in in Captain America First Avenger. I mean, you had that even in Iron Man. Yeah. Because in this episode in particular, we have Kate who is all, oh, Clint Barton's a great hero. And then you got uh, Elena who is saying, oh, Clint Barton killed my sister. He's a villain. He's an evil guy. And, you know, what does that mean in between? And who one person perceives to be a hero, another person could perceive to be a villain, which also incorporates other characters, like Kate's mom. Yeah, but going back to Kate and Yelena, both of them in the time frame of this episode are in some ways defined by Clint. Yes. Yeah. And I find that very, I find it fascinating that you have these two characters. So one of them, Yelena, like her definition of, of life right now is seeking out vengeance against, against Clint. And, and then you have Kate who, you know, he saved her life and her desire to be a hero is all because of him. I wonder how Elena is going to feel when she finds out that one of Clint's children is named after her sister. Well, that that does bring us to a spoiler policy. <laughs> so we will not be talking about episode six in this episode. Even at some points, we're going to maybe fail at pretending not to know what's going to happen next. But we have seen episode six as of this moment here. So. Yeah, I have. I just don't remember if Elena discovers that part or not. I, re- I remember ever- other things from that episode. But yeah, I, I mean, a big part of their conversation is, do you even know this guy? What's And what's real interesting about that to me, and, and I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I think it's, it's a good place to go, is that we know, as the audience, we saw what happened to Natasha. And this is where the little, little asterisk is. If you want to see more, reference Endgame, right? Yeah. So we know what happened to Natasha. We know what the sacrifice she made. We know it was her decision. We know Clint tried to make that not be the case. So when Natasha, when Yelena and Kate Bishop are talking about that, we're like, Yelena, you have it all wrong, but we love you because you're Yelena. But you're wrong. <laughs> and so... I found myself like actually viscerally responding to that conversation, which I don't think I've, you don't see very often. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because yeah, this is one of those situations where we have two characters that we have grown to like, you know, I, I'm not saying, I mean, Yelena has only been in one other thing since this, she, she was in the movie. She was a super likable presence in that movie though super likable and yeah. there was conflict between her conflict between black widow yeah but it was the best kind of conflict where it's conflict that was leading toward resolution and and we liked her and she's fun she's deadly she's you know figuring out what life is for her now and the same with kate the same with kate we like kate but then they have that that meal together and it's an enjoyable tension. Less enjoyable is the tension between Yelena and, and Clint because, you know, it's not going to end well. 
what is that thing that that Stanley was always talking about when two heroes meet? The first thing they got to do is fight. Yeah, it does. It, yeah, is that? I mean, there, was there any more to that? That was pretty much it. Like, that's okay. Just what he did. So, what I found really interesting about that conversation is they're having a sparring of words rather than a sparring of of fists. Well, previous episode they had the sparring of fists. Did she fight I mean, Elena they, or did she fight Echo? Yeah, it was just there was the battle, and she was a part of that. I right. don't. I think no. They they faced off because remember we talked about how Clint said. Clint said, uh, the best shot I ever took was a shot I never took. And then in last, last episode, Kate did not take the shot against Elena could have didn't. And, uh, kind of in some ways mirroring the Hawkeye black widow situation with, with, with Elena and Kate and mm, okay. not, not perfectly, but it, it's there. I, I I'm convinced that it's there. What again, what I found interesting is that they're fighting or sparring in words rather than in fisticuffs, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a great conversation. It's one of those where, Hey, I would really, I wouldn't mind being your friend. Unfortunately, I've got a, I got some murdering to do and (laughs) and it's your friend. So just. I mean, it's just the way the, 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 the candy corn breaks. Candy cane? Yes, that's what cane. they say. That's <laughs> No one has ever said that <laughs> until now. And no one should ever say it after now. So, Hey, but you, you coined a phrase, man. I mean. I did. <laughs> that, that I did. And we've got a timestamp and everything for it. So I'd like to talk about. Yelena a little bit since we're on the, the subject and we get to see for Yelena and some other black widows, a little pre snap life and a little post blip life for them. Uh, and it's also nice because it's a follow-up to the, the mission quote unquote that the black widows had for themselves at the end of the movie black widow. I really, I liked the fact that it went back there for us. I did too. I and I when yeah. I was watching this, I'd forgotten that 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 this was in that 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 exchange was in this episode. And so when she blipped, I was looking down and I was like, "What did she do? Oh, that's right, she blipped." Okay, cause that's cool. I for, you know, and that's a good character moment. Um, the Black Widow movie is so good in my mind. I, I went back and rewatched it recently, and it's such a well made movie we kind of gave it short shrift i think on the podcast and and it didn't do too well it did fine but it's so good and yelena is so good in it and uh and it was nice to see that carry over yeah i liked the scene because it showed the transition for elena on how she became this I'm going to go and deprogram all the Black Widows to I'm going to now be a mercenary or a, you know, a, yeah, an assassin yeah. or I, I also, yeah. I really like that we got to see them doing their mission. I, I love, 
that it's yeah like they didn't actually need to do their mission in that place because the person they were going after wasn't under the influence of anything and so they're just like wait what's going on here you mean you're just doing this yeah yeah i'm fine it's it's okay and you got your your junk on my <laughs> my white carpet come on i paid for that with money good money money that i got from doing what i do I'm the best at what i do what i do is very good um and so then we go post blip and she appears in the house and the this black widow has created a life she has a loving husband she has adopted a child and has a a loving family life and yeah it's it's cool it's cool i don't want to go on any further because i do Um, have something that changes the topic a little bit so if you have anything else to say about this part i want to want to make sure i don't move on to the next thing without you guys having a chance to talk about it yeah just a couple things so first of all, yeah, the woman who they thought was under the spell or under the programming of the Black Widow program, not programmed, and they had made assumptions because she lived in this giant house that she was, uh, you know, some rich guy, rich guy's prisoner, and no, that's not true at all. I mean, it, that's a lot of going back to, you know, assumptions about women and, and such, Um and I thought that was a really good way to touch on that. And the other thing, too, is that her adopted daughter, if you think about it, was she looked like she was about five. So she oh, could no. have been a child whose parents were blipped out. Oh, man. And since, Samantha. Yeah. Why would you do that to me? No, I will do it to you. <sighs> yeah, because when they all come back... That means that daughter has oh, to go back no, to I'm gonna, her. I'm going to say she looked like she was four, and she was Maybe. a newborn during the blip, and it's okay. And her parents yeah. don't want her because her parents are with her. Like her, her parents aren't coming back from the blip. Well, I, oh, because that's that's a reality. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's a thing, and. Well, it, it came to my mind because I had recently read this article about children who had become orphans because COVID took their parents. And I'm really relating hard on, uh, you know, during the blip to a lot of things between COVID. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but there's a lot of commonality. I will just... Because suddenly... I just want to say this gone. to give us a happy story that could go along with this is I do have friends who are heavy into foster care and they Mm -hmm. had a couple children that they had for a very long period of time and the courts gave custody back to the family. But this, the foster parents have still remained involved with the kids' lives because they got to know the parent for parent visits and stuff like that. And so even though the children are no longer living with this couple, the the couple is still very much a big part of of the kids' lives, and it's it's a very special, it, it's it's very cool to see. And so every once in a while, I'll see like all of them together: the biological parents, the children who were foster children, and then the the people who were foster parents, and and see them like going and doing things together. And it's 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 a wonderful, That's wonderful, very positive story because I know a lot of foster families will have to give the child back, and it's just. 
we've, we've invested in their lives and now we're just done we're out and it's hard, but they know that's what they're getting into, but it doesn't make it any easier. And yeah, cause yeah, you, what you described, Samantha, that's, that's devastating, but probably a, yeah. if you were to do like an actual deep dive into a dramatic story about the blip and everything afterward, that would absolutely be something that would come up because there would be children. Yeah. Who both parents may, may have gone and oh man, Samantha. Yeah. I can't believe you did that to us. <laughs> but that would be an, well, that would be an interesting story to practically learn or hear about, but it's, it doesn't exactly move along the story for the heroes right. that we That's have in right the novel. now. So, that would be in the tie-in novel. Yeah. 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 That's in the novel. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is where at this point, Yelena is going to leave. She's kind of got an idea of how to make a living in this new world. Uh, but at some point after this, she goes and meets with Elaine from Seinfeld at Black <laughs> Widow's grave. What, what, what's her name again? Contessa something it's or other. It's just so much easier to just say Elaine from Seinfeld. It's Contessa it Valentino is. something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But she goes to see the grave and Contessa comes and says, hey, you want to know who killed your sister? Because I want to tell you, it's this guy. You should get him. And this is the problem that I have. The problem is she's been hired by someone to get Clint. And so I'm just like, why do we have this added wrinkle of being hired by someone when Contessa already gave her the photo and said, this is, this is the one to go after. And I, I don't know. W did she decide, well, I'm just going to murder people for money right now. And then I'll wait until I get hired and then go after him. But I'm not going to go after him unless I get hired to go after him. Even though that's clearly the motivation they're trying to set up in the movie is you need to go after this guy because he is responsible for your sister's death. That's all the motivation we needed for her to go after him. Does and they Yelena never actually e say that. Does Yelena ever say mm. she was hired to kill Clint? She does. Mm. She does. And in the next episode, I think we might find out who hired her. Uh, it, it's possible that we might, we'll find out who hired her. Because I was under the episode. impression, based off of this episode and the end of Black Widow, that it was the Contessa Elaine from Seinfeld to, who wanted Clint dead, and she found a way to make it happen that was, you know, easy, right? Yeah, that's what the impression you would get from the movie. But if you did not see that movie, then... You have her coming in and saying to Kate, I've been hired to kill him and I'm going to kill him, but also he's not good. And you have the whole back and forth about, you don't even know who he is. You don't know what kind of person he is. Uh, we're defined by what we do, not by nice words. And that's why we have the title Ronan is because of the things that he did as Ronan. So 
she's making a valid point. He did some pretty awful things. But mm-hmm. I just don't get... Well, so, so did Tony Stark by accidentally in, inventing Ultron. Oh, by being an arms dealer. You know, uh, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, by being yeah, an arms dealer. Yeah, but none of that matters um, to Elena. Elena doesn't care one iota about Ultron or arms dealing. She cares about her sister because her sister was the one good thing that came out of her childhood in Ohio, which was actually Georgia. But let's not go there. Which is actually just a few blocks from my in-law's house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, We have a lot of heroes that have this sort of villainous anti-hero sort of background. I mean, we already discussed Tony Stark, Iron Man, Arms Dealer. uh, All the Guardians of the Galaxy. All the Guardians of the Galaxy at at one point or another. I mean, in fact... Probably the only Natasha. The only two I can think of that don't fit that mold are Steve Rogers and yes, Sam Wilson, who don't fit the mold of having the having a villainous background, having read in their ledger. Captain Marvel, Spider Man. There's fine, Ben. Yeah, you're a big. Bigger comic nerd than I am. Whatever. <laughs> no, but yeah. Okay, so Captain Marvel and <laughs> Spider-Man. But two very good. But, you yeah. know, Scott Lang, he's in jail. Um, Doctor Strange was just a yeah. uh, self-absorbed so, oaf. Yeah. 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 Oh, even, well, Spider-Man, if you take into account either the, the hinted past of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man or... Or when he was well, I'm talking about Venom. Tom Holland, Spider Man, like oh, okay, yeah. Of course, now yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a, the that's other a guys are are MCU now, so yeah. But definitely, yes. you're right about Tom Holland, and you're right about you know Happy Hogan. Um, oh yeah, Happy Hogan. I wasn't way, right about Happy my... Hogan. He's my favorite ancillary character, <laughs> just because I love John Favreau. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll see if they bring in Ben Affleck and do a Daredevil multiverse story, and then they can bring in Happy Favreau to be Foggy. Yeah. I have not seen the Ben Affleck Daredevil. I heard that when they were <laughs> yeah, making I, No Way Home. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about this? Yeah, and the scene where Charlie Cox and John Favreau were together talking to Tom Holland, there was a line that was cut where John Favreau says something about I'm a bit foggy on that because <laughs> yeah. he played foggy in the no, Netflix version really? uh-huh. of Daredevil. Yep. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> they cut it. But it yeah. is a funny line. It is a good line. It's one of those It is. It's one of those babies you leave on the floor. And that's a very uh, bad turn of phrase, no, I, but I, I, it's, you know, there's a, it's a term. It's one of the things you love that you leave uh, on the floor. Yeah. So for let, great DVD yeah. extra. Speaking of things we love that we're leaving on the floor, let's move away from this scene. Uh, hmm. I'd like to say I did love this scene where they're talking. I I did not love that they had macaroni and cheese with, with hot sauce on it. Like that's just, that's an abomination. No, no, that's yeah. good. 
No, no it's no. <laughs> Abomination is the, Stay uh, away. is the Hulk guy from Shang Chi and the Hulk. I don't. I don't like a lot of hot sauce on it. I just like a little, just to give a little you bit of fire. You know, just that's that's true. Yeah. No ketchup on macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Now, let me get your guys's ruling on this. Is can you have any other macaroni and cheese besides the Kraft Blue Box? So if it's instant, yes. If it's instant, homemade. No, that is the only instant. So we're you classifying are the, to okay. Make. Okay. Yes. Okay. Kraft, I have not had. Craft cheese and macaroni. It's the cheesiest. Yes, they do not endorse us. There, there is. This is not a paid endorsement. This is from the heart. I, Everyone. I actually have probably paid <laughs> a lot of money to craft macaroni and cheese. The blue box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but homemade can be so good because then you're putting real cheese in there. You know, and uh, it's but it's a different animal. It's a whole different cheddar. thing. Yeah. No, that's. I can make Kraft macaroni and cheese in the blue box in my sleep, and that's perfectly normal. Um, have, oh, 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 I, I have one tiny note. It's just a note about the first scene, okay. and it's important. That was the first time we saw, from the point of view of someone who was blipped, what it looked oh, like. Sure. Yeah. So, Okay. Back to the, the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> let's, let's move on from <laughs> if, the macaroni If we need I, I don't think we need to go back to too much macaroni and cheese. But, <laughs> we don't um, need to discuss it. It's just... It's just <laughs> so they have... Uh, I mean, they have great chemistry here, but let's, let's move mm-hmm. out here. So uh, let's talk about Kate and her mom. So this is I... actually before the scene with Kate and Elena, but... Uh, Kate and her mom, they're talking and Kate's just talking about how I, her mom says you're reckless. And Kate says, I never wanted to be reckless. I just wanted to help people. I really thought I could be one of them. And she begs her mom to check into the Sloan corporation because mom's fiance is evil. He's a part of that. Jack is connected to this Sloan thing. And Clint's source made a connection there. And so mom says, I'll, I'll do that. But it's a nice little conversation that they're having. And there's this, I, I, the impression I get from Kate is that she's dealing with, with sadness and rejection. And, and this is, this is what she wants to do. And her mom won't let her. And her mom's like, come on, you can just work for me. But, Again, great chemistry, but different chemistry here. There's also a really good conversation about having to do the things you don't want to, or, you know, life sometimes you end up in places you don't always expect in life, Mm -hmm. which is true. Very true. I mean, I don't know anyone who ended up in the place that they were planning to be when they were 16, 17, 18. But um, let's just put a pin in that conversation until next week. Okay. Let's uh, do that. Could, for do that. reasons? Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just want to note there's a there's a point to that conversation her mother was making and we just have not arrived at it yet. Or there was a reason well, she was making it. Well, and that's, point, a, that's a legitimate – I mean, aside from what we know, which is – in the in the last episode, 
you can get the impression that the yeah. writers and the creators were setting us up to have that resolution. So that's legitimate. Yeah. And there's a lot in this series where the writers are commenting on what's happening in Clint's life. Mm-hmm. And that's very true. Clint never expected to have his entire family blipped no. in the blink of an eye. And then have them suddenly reappear five years later. And he's an active part of why they came back. I mean, Clint never expected to become Ronan. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he never expected to become Hawkeye. So I, I think that's actually just the moral of the story for this entire series. Yeah, I think. In some ways, it's, it's what do you do with what you got? What do you do with what's been given to you? What do you do with what's yeah. coming your way? And and so, like, for Yelena, who says we're defined by what we do, not by nice words, she's she's put in this situation and chosen the, the route of hypocrisy, you know, where she's like, I don't care. I'm just going to murder this guy and, and take money for it. And But then you have Kate, who's like, I want to be a hero. And and keeps taking what comes at her and keeps trying for it and and has worked her way to that point. And yeah, Clint, his whole life right now, he just wants to be home. He just wants to go home and be with his family. But instead, he has to go get the Ronin stuff, get the watch and, you know, protect, protect his family and protect Kate. Yeah. And sometimes there are jobs where you cannot be home for the holidays. I've had that job. Oh, I hated having... I mean, I loved that job. It's just when it came to the holidays, I was like, I can't believe I'm here and not with my family back at home. Like the whole day. It really ruins the holidays. But um, sometimes you, you do have jobs where you have to do that. Like, say, for instance, first responder jobs. That's mm-hmm. a twenty four seven. Somebody's gonna be doing that job twenty four seven. Yeah. In hospitals or whatever. Or like so. I don't know, like being a superhero, that kind of job. Yeah. That can happen too, yeah. Yeah. It's it's rough. It's rough. And and I think one of the things that this show is about is life. And sometimes life happens and you've gotta just deal with the things that happen when they happen. And and every single one of our characters yeah. is experiencing some of that. And also that life is pretty cool. So like making the best of each moment. So yeah, they had a hollow uh, Christmas party in the last episode where they were talking and going back and forth and using permanent marker on non wipeable things and slip you know uh, <laughs> the, that can be cleaned and, up very easily i gave you the the formula last time I, i'm just saying that i'm just saying that you know you gotta when life hands you lemonades you gotta make lemons out of it to coin a phrase i will say if it is on yeah if it is on a surface that is friendly <laughs> we're, to we're, okay, erasable marker about it. got it and not on a surface such as a refrigerator door. <laughs> Even then, there's some... The, yeah, but the Magic Eraser, first of all, works on almost anything. It's amazing. But I second of that. all, on on the glass of the picture, you just color over it with an yeah, erasable yeah. marker, and it will pick up the permanent marker off of that glass. It will work on glass, but the old school, you know, white refrigerator door. A porous, a porous surface, porous. Yes, it will be <laughs> much, much more difficult. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. And Magic Eraser does not work on that. <laughs> hey, uh, people who are not Patreon patrons, that's the kind of thing you're missing out on. You know, is is, is we we leave in all digressions that are like this from the beginning of the episode and everything. And, and yeah. Are you saying I should cut this out? <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm a, I, but we we do need to move on from <laughs> From yes. And <laughs> yes, time's a ticking. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so what other scenes were there in this? That are, that are well, so, so another big scene is this is when Jack gets arrested. And and Jack gets arrested because of his connection to the Sloan, Sloan Company. Um, I don't know really how much there is to talk about that other than... He's so that- confused. Why, why, yeah. why are we arresting Paul F. Tompkins? Paul F. Tompkins is a national treasure, and really, he should not should not have been arrested. And and he's just so. Of course, I don't trust him because, I mean, he's the swordsman, right? He's a bad guy from the comics, but his is so. We'll get the sorted out. It'll be okay. And like you work with the Sloan Company, I have never worked a day before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. That was pretty great. So that's a pretty important scene, but that's really setting up, you know, bad guy stuff. Clint goes to a memorial, not the same one this. from the Black Widow, and talks to Nat and s- says a bunch of nice stuff, but then basically saying, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do this. Because she's the one who kind of pulled him out of the Ronin stuff. Like, she's the one right. who confronts him about it in Avengers and and here he's saying, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do, puts a hood up, you know, so you have a physical action that kind of goes along with that. And then he he goes off to do some stuff. Uh, what I found interesting is basically the these three. Oh, go ahead. I, I just want to say um, Natasha did get him to stop being the Ronin, but I think through the series he's working out why he he turned that corner. Yeah, no, and I think he's also working through like forgiving himself, you know, like yeah. she's the one who kind of pulled him out of it, but now he's still dealing with it. You know, this is his sins have come back to haunt him. And you can, you know, the whole idea of you can be, you know, forgiven for doing something wrong, but there's still going to be natural consequences that come from that. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you could I don't know, you could you could steal something. And the person you stole it from may choose not to press charges, but they're also maybe not going to, you know, let you just hang out in their house. Right. Well, <laughs> There's natural consequences. I mean, we talk about that all the time with with little ones, right? Rip a piece of paper in half and then apologize to the paper. Does the paper magically come back together? No. You cause damage of some kind. And just because you say you're sorry and just because you're forgiven doesn't necessarily make the damage go away. So – yeah, he's got a he's got a few demons he's got to work out. Yeah, um, I thought that 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 scene was really well played because you walk up to this to this plaque and it's like, oh yeah, that's like what ten years ago, but it's also like last year because it was in Endgame revisiting the Battle of New York, and then he turns his hearing aid off, and I thought mm-hmm. that's that's a moment of genius because yeah. how often are we bombarded? With audiovisual sound and stimulus, you know, hitting us all the time. And so what he does is he clears that machine, he gets it right down into the to the moment, and he just talks to Nat. And I thought that was 
He talked to Nat before he talked to his wife. Yeah. His wife is going to support what he's doing. He's apologizing to Nat. Like he's, he, he's doing this specifically because he knows she would not want him to do this. Although if, if she was in this and this whole situation was happening and she wasn't dead, they'd be doing it together. You know, they, they'd be going after this, this, uh, the bad guys together, but, um, and she'd be stopping Elena and say, Hey, hold your horses. This is my buddy. Yeah. 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 Right. Also, Elena Elena wouldn't wouldn't be going after her because, or after him because sister's not dead. But what I found interesting about this whole sequence here from the arrest is you have Nat talking or Clint talking to Nat. Then you have Kate leaving messages for Clint. (laughs) And then you have the message in an arrow that goes to the tracksuit guys who are talking about, Hey, do we look like we belong in the Royal Tenenbaums? Which (laughs) that was really, really funny. That was really funny. I Um, loved that. (laughs) But you have these just messaging, you know, this is, this is about communication and messaging and and trying, you know, to, to communicate, you know, Clint's speaking to Nat, even though he knows she definitely can't hear him. Kate's speaking to Clint, even though she knows he definitely is not listening to her. Mm -hmm. And then you get the arrow with the the trick gun kind of thing. Like you'd get in in a Bugs Bunny cartoon where it's like they fire the gun and, and there's the, (laughs) the, uh, paper that runs or joker did it too where the paper falls out and says bang um yeah and so then he's the message says meet me where we first met basically and so then clint calls daphne from (laughs) (laughs) scooby-doo i couldn't remember her name and so that's why i had to put in my notes because i needed something and the show is going you know i mean I, i i can't I can't just stop the show. Of course I can stop the show, but, this is um, Hawkeye. <laughs> but he's going, he talks with her and he's going to end this. And then we get Batman begins in the car lot. This whole scene here just reminds me of Batman begins when he's just going around getting bad guys. You don't even see him. It's kind of filmed almost like Batman is, you know, uh, uh, uh from a horror movie. You know, and he's he's a, a an alien from aliens, you know, and he's just like grabbing these guys and, and they're they're freaking out. He, he's doing that with the with the tracksuit mafia. And then he meets Maya as Ronan. He meets her in the Ronan costume, the Ronan yep. outfit. Classic superhero in a mask move. So where do we go from here? Because we can't talk about the next episode until next episode. So. Well, there, there's, a there's scene not a lot of speculation that. we can do. No, but. no, there's not a lot of speculation we can do with this scene, but there's another scene after that. The, okay. the, the scene, the episode ends on, do you not remember? I don't with because you. my notes stopped right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is this the one where Yelena kind of follows mom? Or is that what you're no, talking this about? Is, I'm talking about the scene where Clint and Grills and Kate are sitting around the table and they're doing oh, yeah, tricks okay. with with oh. the dog. And then Kate gets a message. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Clint gets a message from his wife, Laura. And she says, oh, it's not, it's not uh, um, that guy that's in charge of the company. It's Kate's mom who is. And by the way, here's a picture of her hanging out with anybody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why didn't I write that down on my notes? 
by the way, we're going to record about this last week. So my notes are old. The viewing is old. I don't feel too bad, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, (laughs) so, so are they, are they, is she meeting with, um, the Edgar from men in black? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Is she meeting with, (gasps) is she meeting with Thor from adventures in babysitting? My go-to for him is is Law and Order. <laughs> no, yeah. you're thinking of Homicide. And he was the guy who would come in and just cock his head to the side. One oh. more thing. One more oh, thing. That, that was Criminal Intent, wasn't it? No, no, it was Law and Order, but it was I don't know. I remember which was Law and yeah, Order. I think Criminal it was Intent. Law and Order. Criminal Intent. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And he's kind of he was almost like a Sherlock Holmesy kind yeah. of. Oh, and there was that. No, who was that detective from the the seventies and eighties? I think he's loosely based on an Agatha Christie. Oh, Peter Falk. Just Peter just Falk, one yeah. more thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where Vincent D'Onofrio got that. Maybe just one more thing. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite roles that he's ever been in was an episode of Homicide, which is a fantastic show and didn't get wasn't on long enough. But in this one, he falls between the subway. Somebody pushes him. And the whole episode is, like, done in real time. And it's about a murder that is in process. So they're trying to figure it all out. And he falls between the track and the – or between the the platform and the train. And it's really interesting and really good. I think he won an Emmy for it. By the way, if you're following along at home and you haven't seen the episode, Kate's mom was hanging out with Kingpin. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and yeah. If okay, you so haven't this seen is... the episode, you why? why what, are yeah, you what if you to haven't us seen us? the episode? Why are you listening to us right now? They're listening so they don't have to watch or something. I don't know. No, oh. no, no. Here's no, no. the deal. Here, I this is why I was being really cagey at the beginning, talking yeah. about who hired Elena because <laughs> this is where she reveals who hired her. Kate's mom hired Elena. To get Clint. Now, it's possible that she's lying about that, but that's what she's saying here is this is who hired me. And then we get to see that, yes, if we had been recording in real time after these episodes dropped, I'd be eating my hat right now because I was saying and would have been saying, no, the big guy, the fat guy, it's not that guy. It's something else. Yeah. Okay. That laugh sounds like him. And yeah, he has nice cufflinks, but it's not that guy. And just because they said this or that, it's not that guy. And I will 100% own up to not just that I was wrong, but that I would have been wrong. (laughs) I would have been wrong, wrong, wrong. And in a lot of ways, I am glad that I was wrong when you're talking about Kingpin. But this is where it brings up some issues with the Black Widow movie. Is that why was Yelena waiting for someone like Kate's mom to say, yeah, come and get this guy? Why did they need to do that other than to implicate mom? I, I just I, I don't like that because it takes away from what they seem to be setting up, seem to be with the Contessa Elaine Bennis. So here's the way I think that happened. I'm going to say Kingpin was behind it somehow. Here's what I think happened. I think that that... Oh, no, it's not winter. 
Where was Natasha buried? Could it have been not snowing? Well, Natasha was not. Well, okay. Where's the gravestone? It it, it wasn't snowing, uh, and we don't know. But as far as I know, it's it looks like Georgia somewhere. Well, everything looks like Georgia. Let's be honest, because they film in Georgia. Let's rephrase. Georgia looks like everything. There (laughs) you go. I just want to make sure that we're (laughs) anyway. Okay, so barring any glaring thing, I think Clint comes into town. Well, the the timing doesn't work. Not unless <laughs> not unless Elena was hired right after she woke up. Like just within no, days. We, we, and she didn't hear the full story about the what the Avengers did. So I think she knew what would what had gone on. The the world had been saved. That's why they have this this monument to to natasha is to thank her for what she had done to save the world that that's and that's common ish knowledge people knew that she died saving the world and so you have that monument my understanding and so you have yelena visiting the monument contessa takes advantage of this moment, maybe is even like following Yelena around or has spies following her around. And is like, Ooh, this is the dramatic moment that I'm waiting for to really get her to want to kill this person who I want dead Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And so she gives her enough information to say, this is the man responsible for her death, which is true from a certain point of view. You know, yep. it's it's twisting the truth. There's enough truth for the devil to make it look like a lie, right? So now Yelena wants to kill Clint. But Yelena doesn't do anything until she gets hired by Kate's mom. And, and that's where it just kind of breaks uh, down. And some of it feels like, you know, maybe it's the right hand not knowing exactly what the left hand is doing. They're writing Hawkeye around the same time that they're making Black Widow. It's quite possible that that scene with Contessa was added later on. I don't know. I just know for me, it doesn't quite work. The continuity doesn't quite work for me. Does it take away from all the emotional stuff with Yelena? Absolutely not. And when we get into the next episode, we talk about things with Yelena and Clint. It still really, really works well. It just... I, I don't know. I don't know if they just decided, well, we need her to hire someone to kill Clint because she's being bad now. I don't know. I think she hired or she told Kingpin that I need, I got this guy Clint around and I need somebody to take care of that right now. So I think that scene with Yelena and Elena, that wasn't hard to say, um, at the gravestone <laughs> happens concurrently with the Hawkeye show. It it might, but I just, I don't know. It, it still doesn't I mean, work for me. It still takes away from the whole idea of go kill him because you want revenge. And now it's also for money. You know, it just, it adds another layer that doesn't necessarily need to be there, but they're trying to tie in mom to the kingpin. And I will, I'll agree to that. I'll agree to that, that they're trying to tie in mom to kingpin and make the stakes that is that rising stakes thing, trying to make it a little bit more 
intense. Um, I think it would have been better to have almost a cameo from Yol- from Elaine. Yeah, that's the other thing that's missing here. Yeah. I was totally expecting that, and it didn't happen. Right. It's, to have I, I some sort of missing. A- I was expecting it, and it didn't happen. It, do- right. it didn't feel like it was missing. But the, anyway, sorry. The, conta- the Countess's involvement in this is what uh, is missing. Now, it could have been that a lot of people want Clint dead. <laughs> that There's just two unrelated incidents, right? And they're both going, uh, oh, there's this Black Widow. She was the, I know how to do it. <laughs> Okay, uh, also, the Spider-Man connections. I'm really glad that I saw Spider-Man No Way Home before I saw this episode. Because I would have been spoiled about the Charlie Cox uh, appearance. Because there were all these rumors that he was going to show up in No Way Home. And he's like, oh no, that's not my arm in the trailer. Which was true. It wasn't, um, yeah. His arm was in a different scene. <laughs> yes. This is somebody else's arm. <laughs> Grabbing the brick, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's before, a pretty good lawyer. Before Peter can get it. But I'm glad I didn't see this episode before No Way Home because I would have known, I, I would have been like, oh, I'm totally going to expect uh, Charlie Cox to be in No Way Home. And I, I felt, I feel like if I had seen this, I would have been a little bit spoiled about that spoiler, but I still would have been very excited. Um, I don't know that I would have been. You don't think so? No. I mean, I I walked into it without having seen very many trailers anyway. So I was kind of on the idea that I was just going to watch it. Here's here's the thing. This is the week. So we have some big It's All Connected weeks in the past. Mm -hmm. One is the big moment that we will never forget if you're a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're and connected defines to, us. <laughs> yeah. That's, we've talked about it lots and lots, and we'll probably talk about it lots and lots again. Then there was also Wong's big week where he showed up in, um, he showed up in Shang-Chi, but then he was also in the trailer for, I think it was Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think he was also even in an episode of What If or something like that. It's something like that where it's like, oh, it's all connected. And then this was another It's All Connected week where you had, the Doctor Strange trailer, and you had the the uh, No Way Home, and you had this episode. They they synced this up nice because mm-hmm. this episode and that movie came out the same week. And we're going to talk about Netflix stuff in a moment after the credits. But this was the the day that Netflix characters crossed over to big screen and little screen. Yeah. Yep. Did you catch the reference to the Statue of Liberty? Yes. yes, the new and improved Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I didn't catch that the first time, but it was on this rewatch that I was like, oh, oh yeah, that, yeah the, the, the shield. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So here's my question. Does Spider-Man No Way Home and Hawkeye take place concurrently? No, they don't. The weather's different, but Spider-Man No Way Home takes place over a longer period of time, I think. But uh, Spider-Man and, No Way Home also takes place during Christmas in some parts. Yeah, that's so there is a moment when they're going through universes or whatever that there's some Christmas carols being played as they're going. Well, through. the last scene is snowing when he goes and visits MJ and Ned. It's snowing. Yeah. That might be concurrent. 
that might be concurrent. But and he's swinging. Oh yeah, because he swings past Rockefeller Center. That'd be mm-hmm. real interesting. But wouldn't yeah. have the shield been dead by then? Well, so I, th- I think that was a sarcastic remark on Elena's part. <laughs> oh, but I see. I think I think this <laughs> yeah. takes place before Spider-Man: No Way Home. The new improved Statue of Liberty is the Statue of Liberty that we see in No Way Home. Although it was oh, all covered up, wasn't it? It had scaffolding on it. Yeah, yeah. So I, but yeah. I think that Yelena's talking about, "Ooh, I can't wait to see this," and then in the movie, it gets ruined. I think that this takes place before the movie. Like days before, like a couple days? I don't maybe? know. I don't it, know. It almost this has takes to us be... all the way to, this is all the way to Christmas is what we're dealing with. Yeah, but, but this episode was released two days before No Way Home or the day before. But I think, I think the entire day. series takes place a couple weeks it before It almost no have to take place a year before No Way Home. I, I, I think it, take, it takes place during the same week. Because isn't there a comment about, oh, they fixed... No, I'm sorry. This was the episode where they mentioned the Statue of Liberty. I, mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe they did another one in the next episode. They talk about being new and improved, and then and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends ruin it. Yeah, Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Yeah. But, but when they ruin it, it's not snowing. It's not winter. No. I mean... I think that's all... After the events of Hawkeye. And so then when he's swinging through, you know, when he swings through Rockefeller Center, that's got to be the the next Christmas then. Yeah. Oh, you know what? No, it has to be before Hawkeye finale. Because spoilers for next week for us. Don't spoil it. We'll have to talk about next week. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just saying that that maybe it maybe her comment about the new and improved statue of liberty was a sarcastic comment to how spider-man and oh, uh, and everybody trashed the statue of liberty be. yeah oh that would yeah uh, that makes sense if that makes sense that is a good way to that is a good way to tie it all together except yeah, the way that the uh, yeah eh, it could work the way that they're talking about it doesn't feel that but she could be she's pretty sarcastic so she is a sarcastic yeah. bunny that's for sure yeah. Yeah, and yeah. also uh, spoilers for next week. Something happens next week that that would place events of the end of Spider-Man: No Way Home either a few days before or a year later. So, I mean, that comes into well, question too. Yeah, we'll talk well, about we'll it next week. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. We need to do some final words here. Yes. Final thoughts. Final words. I think that I've gotten through all of my notes. So, yeah. Final words. I need to go make some macaroni and cheese. So, Samantha, hurry up. Okay. I would like <laughs> to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey, Tazel, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, Andrew, and our newest Patreon patron, Dave. Thank you all so very much. Yeah. And I want to just say, just a little throwback to the early days of Welcome to Level 7. It's been a long time since we've had... We've had a number of hosts, but but Daniel was the one who started it with me, and 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 Daniel, I know you're probably not listening. Uh, I, I know I, you listen to Comic Book Time Machine, but I, I don't know if you're listening to Welcome to Level Seven. So if you do, Daniel, I really need to talk to you right now. You were the bravest of us all, weren't you? Loyal, stubborn. You always had to win, didn't you? 
for a stupid orange rock. I replayed that a million times in my head, hoping for a different outcome, but I do my best every day to earn what you gave me. Just want to say I'm just want to say I miss you. And I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 17755-level7. That's 17755538357 or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com/feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our Facebook group facebook.com/welcometolevel7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the big news from today, which is there was a Ms. Marvel trailer that gave us a lot of looks at her powers, but also gave us some looks at just what the MCU looks like in other places and also gave us a date. We now have a date. June 8th? Was it June 8th? Well, let's find out. But I I think it's, yeah, if if it's not, it's close to that. I got to say, I love the... um mixed media where it's you know hand-drawn animation over live action film i think that's fantastic and it works really well in this situation reminds me a lot of into the spider-verse which is a great great movie so it's june 8th Stuart. the question is do you think that's going to be part of the style of the show i hope so i i don't know i don't know i hope this means we'll get a crossover with into the spider-verse well, if if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up in there, that's our crossover. You know, it's that's happening. But uh, that's hap- what would that's that's when it's happening is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's possible. Definitely. Because there, there was talk about that. But um, here's the other thing. This is I, I'm really curious and I'd like to maybe see if we can try and get Daniel and maybe even his daughter a little bit to talk about. Oh, that's what they think right. About, this was one of Daniel and his daughter's bonding comics. He that's liked it a lot. Right. He liked it a lot. And then he uh, passed it on to his daughter who I think even got ahead of him in, in reading it. Um, but yeah. So this is big. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. You know, if you're on social media and not trying to avoid spoilers for one thing or another, then you've probably, this is your, your algorithm is probably, if you're listening to this podcast, probably going to bring up something like a Ms. Marvel official trailer. It's out there. It's on YouTube. It's on the official Marvel channel for Disney plus June 8th. I do hope that the, if it's overbearing, that's problematic. But it doesn't seem like it is, and maybe it'll only be in the first in the you know first part of the episode and the last part of the episode. But I do hope that there is you know 
annotations. They seem to be they seem to be setting up an imaginative character. Yeah. So like the the trailer is showing things about the character. I don't want to get into too much because if if people want to avoid spoilers, I don't want to say too much. But they they seem to be creating and showing a character who is inspired by and and likes the superheroes of her universe, and who has an imagination, and who gets lost in her imagination. So if that's what they're trying to show here, that's cool. That's really neat. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But that's our, our first real good look at this character. And, and I can't wait for this and, show. That's yeah. going to be a fantastic show. I can't wait. I'm probably more excited for that than I am for uh, it, Multiverse of Mana. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm really super excited for Moon Knight. Yeah, I'm excited I'm for that really too. For Mainly because I had know nothing about it. I haven't watched the trailer. I haven't watched anything. And the, the talk is that this will have, they say it's like watching Iron Man, where it's just, here's a character, here's new things, and you can just follow it right along, which is what they have to start doing. Hashtag it's all connected is great when there's just like a show and a movie <laughs> right? every every year, you know, but hashtag it's all connected is becomes difficult when you have to understand a movie. You have to watch three different series on Disney Plus. So if Moon Knight is its own thing, by the way, guys, uh, have we talked about Werewolf by Night? No. What is that? No. Werewolf by Night is a character. It's a Marvel character. It's a werewolf. They were doing horror comics in the seventies, and the so night? you had you had. Uh, Tomb of Dracula, you had Frankenstein's monster, you had they even had the mummy, but Werewolf by Night. So the trifecta for me is Dracula, Werewolf, and Frankenstein. And they all had different um successes. Frankenstein didn't last very long. Dracula became one of the great runs of comics, if you ask me. I, I am not kidding. If you have Marvel Unlimited or whatever their app is called to read comics, read Tomb of Dracula. It is an amazing series over a hundred issues. I think I have four volumes on my shelf. It's just great, great series. Werewolf by night is good and had some success, but the character who appears in werewolf by night, first appearance in werewolf by night is moon Knight. Moon Knight appears for the first time in a werewolf book, but it's in the Marvel universe. Spider-Man shows up too, you know, then there's supposed to be a Halloween special this October that is a like an hour long werewolf by night Halloween special. Now on Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. Along with at Christmas time, we're getting, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Christmas special, or the holiday special, rather. So I have not seen official confirmation on Werewolf by Night, and I have also not seen official confirmation on what I'm about to say right now. But if this is real, you guys, they're talking about doing a similar special to the Werewolf by Night special. Again, this is the kind of thing that maybe I shouldn't be listening to, the kind of rumors I shouldn't be listening to. Hold but on, they're talking about, hat. They're talking about possibly there might be a man thing special. Ooh. We might be going to the swamps for some old school Marvel horror. Uh, we'll, well, see. Well, if any we'll time see. is a good time to bring him in, I mean, this, this 
unit of movies and series is perfect because it's multiverse stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't be expected if Moon Knight introduces a werewolf or talks about a werewolf. And I wouldn't be surprised if Man-Thing shows up first introduced maybe in Werewolf by Night. And again, not official. I usually don't listen to rumors and I definitely try not to get excited about rumors. But Ted Salas, the Swamp Man could be showing up finally we know he exists in the mcu they've talked about him we've seen yeah. a statue of him that's right what anyway. was the line in in shield agents of shield how to explain uh, that congress was asking her who or what is a man thing yeah. so here's the other big news that we need to talk about this is official and that is we talked about netflix dropping its stuff. We talked about predicting that Netflix, Daredevil, Punisher, all those Netflix Marvel shows were going to show up on Hulu. That was my prediction. That was I, I was think it was proven Hulu by wrong. Summer. Not, yeah, Hulu by summer. I was proven wrong not too long after that. <laughs> uh, Disney Plus by tomorrow, as of a recording, you know, and. The other thing along with that, and this is where it makes sense, because this is why I said Hulu is because of content, but Disney Plus will be introducing parental controls that are new and more robust as they start adding in things like the Netflix series. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also along with that. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is showing up on Disney Plus. Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Defenders, they're all going to show up on Disney Plus. And then I have a feeling with the parental controls that it's not going to be too long before Deadpool is on Disney Plus and possibly, I don't know, is Logan on there already? I don't think it is yet. Um, but, Logan, I think, is over on Hulu. But this um, is... And, and Deadpool's already over on Hulu as well. But I, I think we're going to see him on, on Disney Plus very soon. Hmm. Okay. Well, with the, with the parental controls, that's what yeah. Disney Plus is going to be able to do. Whether they, yeah, I, if they're do, if they're putting guys, the Netflix stuff there, I have a feeling that they're going to start loading up. The Marvel stuff is just all going to show up there. I don't know if we'll get Dolph Lundgren's Punisher on there or. Oh, I would love the classic Marvel stuff. Give me some Hulk TV on on Disney Plus. That'd be fantastic. Here's my dream, the dream <laughs> thing that I want. Because uh, I don't want the Man Thing movie. That's horrible. It's dumb. It's terrible. <laughs> I, nobody wants that. No, nobody wants do that. want it. No, I don't. I don't. I. You sure? No. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. As we've talked about, I'll rewatch it if there's a call for it. If if the people say, Ben, we really just want you to watch this and talk about it, I'll do that. I'll do that. But and 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 it's only. I'll take it. I'll take the torture. You know, if if the people say, Hey, Ben we we want to see you get tortured and laugh about it i'll be like yeah okay I'll, i'm up for, for i'm up for that you can laugh at me about this about the torture that i have to go through to watch the horrible movie about the character i love i don't know where i was going with that. oh the thing that i really want to see is the japanese spider-man show marvel.com yeah. used to have it on their marvel tv or whatever section of their website and I was able to watch a few episodes and I really, really enjoyed it. It's basically a precursor to Power Rangers. 
Uh, but it was a part of that whole, you know, style of, of thing. And man, I'd love, love to see that on Disney plus. Cause it can't be seen officially anywhere right now. It can be seen a lot of places unofficially, mm. <laughs> but you know, they put the Ewoks movies, they put yeah. the, the Boba Fett portion of the holiday special on Disney plus they put, Oh, by the way, if you want to watch the holiday special, the official riff tracks, yes. YouTube channel <laughs> has it on there. Um, the droids cartoon, the Ewoks cartoons, they're all there in this classic Star Wars subsection. I would, can you imagine a classic Marvel subsection with oh. the 70s Spider-Man TV show, the Japanese Spider-Man TV show, Incredible Hulk, Stuart, as you were saying, the Doctor Strange TV movie, the two Captain America TV movies. I mean, there's this whole realm of 70s goodness loosely <laughs> used put, put some big old quotations around that word yeah. but it's there 70s nostalgia <laughs> yeah 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 definitely hulk could be good by the way there was some really good episodes of the incredible hulk yeah the captain america tv movies did you like the bionic man then you'll like watching the captain america tv movies in fact when he does something that's really strong they even make a mechanical sound that sounds like <laughs> a little bit like the six billion dollar man. You'll like that. Do, do you like do you, do you, do you like chips? Well, <laughs> if you were thinking to yourself, man, I just wish that the Bionic Man rode around on a motorcycle like chips. Like I just wish that that was take those two shows and, and smash them together like chocolate and peanut butter. There's your Captain America TV movies right there. But. uh not, and then you the Doctor like- Strange movie. Oh my goodness, you guys. We have to next Halloween, Werewolf by Night, Doctor Strange TV movie. That's what we need to watch together. <laughs> we should do those as um comedy not comedies, commentary. Commentary. commentary? Yeah. Okay. And maybe even like group watch with our Patreons or something. We can try. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Thinking about retro-style filmmaking and television making. Yeah, right. Just watch some Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, um, we need to mention on a final note. Oh, I was I was going to leave that for li- after, as last but not least. I was going to say, speaking of retro, let's talk about Batman. Or the Batman, because... Stuart hasn't now, seen is, it. Is this the Adam well, West version? <laughs> or are we talking George Clooney here? Uh, um, I think I'd we rather should... watch the Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should save that for maybe next episode post credit. Okay. You, I mean, is, you... This episode has gone on, and and also um, there is one more bit of news that that Stuart yeah. was going to bring up. So yeah. Okay. So, go ahead, Stu. Um, yeah, the, we we unfortunately lost William Hurt uh, in the past couple of days, and that's very sad, and. Our general, um, general Ross. Ross is, 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 you know, has moved on. And so prayers and hopes to his family and, and his, uh, loved ones. Yes. Uh, and we did discuss, you know, what are they going to do about General Ross? Well, General Ross 
we just we discussed and we decided that it would probably be best if they did not replace the actor, but if they just replaced the character and just say General Ross, maybe he passed away or General Ross just retired to to give a little bit of dignity because William Hurt is his he his acting strengths went way beyond he he was almost too good for the MCU. Uh, he's he's a wonderful <laughs> actor. I mean. But when you have Glenn Close in in Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. nobody's too good for the MCU. <laughs> okay, but let me I throw think this we're at you, Meryl Streep. <laughs> let me throw this at you because we're talking about multiverse. Do you you remember the other actor who played General Ross? No. Who was even I think even more well suited to it, Sam Elliott. In which movie? In in Ang Lee's The Hulk. Oh yeah. Which is I not s- MCU. If we're gonna play the game, no, is it MCU? Not. No, it's not. It's not. But that was when there were whole like soft sequels. And so uh The Incredible Hulk was a soft sequel-ish to to Ang Lee's The Hulk, but was absolutely not uh, a sequel. So Yeah, I, I- barely remember those two movies i I think i blocked them out (laughs) i was not that impressed i actually really liked angley's hulk um it's It's just i just cannot remember it for the life of me which means i really (laughs) didn't like it that much you gotta be you gotta be put into the right mindset and it's a chinese superhero movie and so if you go into it without the expectations of you know iron man it is definitely more about emotion yeah. than, than almost than about plot. I mean, there's the plot there, but that's because it's about the emotion and relationships uh-huh. between a father and son. And I think that there is a lot of good about that movie. It was trying really hard to push the idea of it being a comic book movie, but also to be a, a um, straight drama, you know, like it's not cheesy, but it's using these comic book elements that I've seen used later on in cheesy movies and, and you know, the panels and stuff like that. But although well, maybe Ms. Marvel might be doing that same kind of thing. So, well, that I understand because um, I have a brother-in-law who spent two years living in Korea and I was the one that explained to him the reason why South Korean dramas are really long and stretched out and why there's these long, shots on one thing that would have been very quick here in the United States. And it's because, yeah, it tends to, um, Asian cinemas or Asian television tends to focus more on the emotion of the moment as instead of the plot or the beauty of the scene instead of the plot. Well, and I think that that's not just television. I mean, that's, that's something that, and this is my observation. I, I, you know, in, in my experience, my observation is that, um, you know, Japanese manga, so comic books mm-hmm. uh, in, in Japan tend to be more about the emotion of the moment and American comics tend to be more about the, the plot of the moment and the, the, the action of the moment. But that's why you can have, you know, Dragon Ball Z where you can have this huge, giant, long battle um, that in an American comic might be done in, in two pages <laughs> and uh, because it's, it's about drawing out the emotion of things and not necessarily the, the, the beat by beat action, um, which I think then tends to lend itself toward more 
uh, exciting action because the there's the emotion driving it. But that's that's my observation. I, I don't know if that's something that it's definitely a generalization of both Western and Eastern media. Yeah. Um, but then you compare that you you pair that with Hulk, and that works really well. I think I've said that before on this podcast. Yeah, it's just I mean, forgive me. It's just something about that mo- that movie specifically where I was just Samantha. I, I just couldn't. I mean, I understand. I mean, I took the- I took Asian cinemas in in college. I get it, but it's just I I myself for some reason could not connect to that movie. No one is going to make you watch it. No one is going to say, hey, let's torture Samantha and laugh at her, making her watch a movie that she doesn't want to watch. If you want to torture me, make me watch Twilight without the Rift Tracks commentary. (laughs) Well, we're only going to torture Ben. Make me watch Batman and Robin without the Rift Tracks commentary. I I will allow people to push for the torture of me, metaphorically (laughs) speaking, of course, but I'm not going to let them do that to you or Stuart. Now, if Daniel was on here, yeah, I would. But that's why we did the Howard the Duck movie together. That's yeah. yeah. So, okay, and hey, your we need commentary the was better than the movie. Disney Plus. That's what we need. That's we don't what we need, need that. No one no. needs that. No, no the world no. needs that, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's time for us to shut this down. So <laughs> it is. Yes. On that note, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you for making it this far with us, and Godspeed. Good night.